Hello and welcome to the Black Arrows Employment Team podcast where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. My name is Simon Allison, I'm head of Black Arrows Employment Team. This podcast is aimed at business owners and HR managers and aims to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. This is season three, our Tell Me season of podcasts. We will be covering such topics as tell me how to conduct an interview and tell me how to have an off-the-record conversation with my staff. We aim to answer your questions as quickly and efficiently as we can. Welcome to episode six of season three, Employment Lawyer in Your Pocket. Good morning, folks. We're joined today by the best ELIP team that we can get. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Ruth Weir. Hi, Ruth. How's it doing? Yeah, not too bad. Great to be back in. Twice in one season. Not really sure what the listeners have done to deserve this. Yay. Um, so, we've been asked a question by Dundee and Angus Chamber of Commerce. Thanks, guys. The question is, tell me, what consequences are there for an employer where an employee leaks personal information? A very interesting question. So, we've kind of got, we've got a bit of an employment law and a data protection crossover there. I think we've got a good a good pod- podcast in store today. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Have to say, I'm loving it. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> What's that then? Mackie D's. Mackie oh D's. Um, yeah, another topical question coming in. Presumably wondering about the impact of the Morrison's case on employers. Um, and... Since we're talking shop, I say we start a game. I know how much you guys love a game. We love games. We love games. All about the games. See how many taglines and supermarket puns we can get into the podcast. Buzz in when you know the answer. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Right, I'll get us started then. I've got one for you here. Okay, okay. So, employment lawyer in your pocket does exactly what it says on the tin. Oh. Oh. What's that? No, no. I don't know. Do you know that? <laughs> What's that? Ron Seal. Yeah. Ah. Okay. How about eat fresh? What's that? Dawn fresh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And it's got to be another food one. Isn't that Subway? Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. That? No, Subway. Yeah, Subway, that's what it Subway, is. Yep. Subway. Okay, okay, okay. Don't do, okay. do one, Ruth. My one. I'll go for um, neverly, knowingly. No, never knowingly undersold. Ooh, supermarket. <laughs> yes, supermarket. That's uh, got to be a posh one. Marcus, Marks and Spencer's. No, on the right kind of. Waitrose. Waitrose, John Lewis, yes. Oh, John Lewis. Happy days. Okay, so let's go back to this podcast. Um, why don't we check out... <laughs> oh, I know. Why don't we check out the question in a bit more detail. Firstly, can an employer be liable for the actions of an employee? Um, I'll... Uh, there we go. Uh, pass this one over to Jack, I think. Okay. Short answer is yes, of course the employer can be vicariously liable for the actions of an employee if they took place during the course of the employee's employment. Right. So if I think on a, a wee example here, um, and I know he was keen to get a mention in the podcast, so Richard... Um, is Who's Richard? Nah, just oh. joking, just joking. <laughs> He's a nobody. Sorry, Richard, for <laughs> listening to this. Hey, so he gets invited to a works event, acts like a bit of an animal. Pepperami. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Um, and Bop's the managing partner in the face. Blackadders could be liable in that situation. Mm, what do you think, Jack? I think they could be, potentially. So employers should watch when employees have had a glass and a half full. Bzzz. Cadbury's? Yes. Oh, yes, it is. Yay. 
because organisations are sometimes quite surprised that they can held, be held liable for such actions by their staff. Things like bullying, harassment, even violence or discrimination, and I've even heard the cases of defamation. So the thing to look out for is whether the person is acting in a personal capacity or are they acting within their course of their employment. And that can quite often be a tricky, uh, a tricky issue to determine which side of the line it lies upon. For example, if the employee is working but leaves his post and commits an assault, the employer could still be held liable. And that's exactly what happened in the Morrison's case, whereby a petrol station attendant went off on one and battered a civilian on mm-hmm. the forecourt. So, mm-hmm. and, but Morrison's were liable for that. It's also worth noting that just because an employee's employment stops, that doesn't stop the chain for vicarious liability. So an employer could still be held vicariously liable for the acts of a former employee if they were made during the time that they worked there. Okay, question for you, Jack. What should employers be doing to avoid being vicariously liable in general? So that's where the all reasonable steps defence comes in and employers need to take all reasonable steps to ensure that they can avoid (laughs) such acts from occurring. So if the employer has done everything reasonable to prevent the employee doing that wrongful act, then that reduces the likelihood of any liability uh, attaching to the employer. Things like um, having a policy, having a clear policy, bringing the policy to your staff's attention, training the staff on the policy, um, having a grievance procedure and encouraging staff to use it. All of these kind of things are useful steps which would assist the employer in defending a case. Okay. Is there any difference if an employee cashes in? (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Supermarket pun. (laughs) Well done. Is there a difference if an employee cashes in on um, data, do you think? I'll have to take stock and um, hand that over to Ruth now. Take stock. Take stock. Hey! (laughs) Um, Thanks, Jack. I suppose the first thing to look at is what responsibility is there to keep data safe? The new rules have a specific principle. It's the integrity and confidentiality principle that means employers need to keep data protected against unauthorised or unlawful processing and against accidental loss, destruction or damage um, by using appropriate technical and organisational measures. So a breach could be purposeful or malicious, like in the Morrison's case, or an accidental breach where it's just a human error, send it to the wrong email address type thing. The measures that you put in place will depend on the organisation, the data that's being processed and the risks that's involved in processing. Okay. Ruth, can you give us a few examples of measures which could be put in place, do you think? So technical measures cover the security of IT and and systems as well as physical security of data. So simple things like password protection, restricted access to documents and files, locks or keypad door access and security alarms would be good examples there. The organisational measures are kind of similar to what Jack had mentioned. Things like up-to-date policies and procedures, making sure your staff are aware of these and training them on them, having a clear reporting structure for data protection matters, and even a kind of guest or visitor sign-in process. You know, those would be examples there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think would happen, Ruth? Say that there was an employer who'd been quite uh, quite diligent and done all of these things that you've outlined there, but nonetheless, a breach still happened. What, what would happen there, do you think? So if there has been a data breach, you need to act quickly to investigate and try and mitigate any ongoing impact. So looking at the risk that there is to an individual, if um, there is a risk to the individual, you need to report it to the Information Commissioner within 72 hours of becoming aware of the breach. 
if there's a high risk, then you also need to let the individual know that there's been a data breach. Um, if you've had appropriate measures in place, it will mitigate any liability that you've got under the new rules. Good stuff. So basically, I think what, what you're saying, Ruth, is if you become aware that there is a breach, don't hang about in deciding whether to investigate it. Just do it. What? Nike. Is it not Nike? Oh, uh, Nike. You say potato, tomato, I say tomato. Nike or Nike, what's the answer? When I was a young lad and uh, I wanted a (laughs) pair of Nike trainers and my dad said, I'll get you the Nikes, son, if you wash the car. Um, You said Nike and Nikes there. Yeah, no, I used to say Nike and dad said (laughs) Nike, but now that I'm getting on a bit in my years, I say Nike as well. Okay. Maybe it's an edge thing. So. Well, we'll go with the majority. Nike. Nike, there we go. Okay, so what's the worst that could happen? What? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. So what's the worst can happen if an employee does leak personal data? Um, so if you've had absolutely nothing in place to keep data secure and there's been a data breach, the fine imposed by the ICO could be up to 10 million euros or 2% of global turnover. That's a lot. High stakes. Um, on top of that, there's also the potential for damages claims by the individuals affected under the data protection rules. So the financial costs could add up quite quickly. And you've got to then also consider reputational damage to the employer and its ability to keep personal information safe. Mm, okay, that makes sense. If you have had appropriate measures in place, it means that you've complied with the data protection rules. And while there's been a data breach, there's not actually been any breach of data protection rules so long as you've actually notified the ICO and individual if necessary. Hmm, Okay, that makes sense. However, the Morrison's case makes it... What's that? Uh That's a tagline. That's a supermarket. Morrison's makes it. There we go. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, So it slightly complicates things under data protection because the case um, said that despite Morrison's doing what they had to under the Data Protection Act 1998, they were still vicariously liable for an employee's malicious and criminal actions, so they actually had to pay out compensation to individuals impacted by the data breach. Um, This case is still being appealed, so it might change, but at the moment, even if you've got appropriate measures in place, an employer won't always be saved from vicarious liability for those data breaches. Poor poor, poor Morrison's. That's two two cases cases in one podcast. Poor (laughs) Morrison. I know where I'm not shopping for my uh, (laughs) invention from now on. Okay, so that concludes episode... Which one? Six. 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 Okay, so what are our three takeaway tips? Because every little helps. Come on then. That's an easy one. What's that? Every little helps. Tesco. Tesco. (laughs) Okay, what are three takeaway tips, do you think? I'll take the first tip, um, and it's probably my favourite tip, is to (laughs) apply to so many different areas of law. (laughs) Have in place a clear policy uh, and a procedure, uh, and crucially draw the policy to the attention of your staff so that you can avoid vicarious liability. Okay. Tip two, Ruth? Um, So following on from that, from a data protection side of things, make sure you've got an appropriate technical and organisational measures in place to prevent a breach and mitigate a breach if one occurs. Okay. And tip three, I think, is notify the ICO within 72 hours of the breach taking place. Yes? Yes. So I've got tip four, actually. Um, what? I know, no, I know it's no, three, but no, can we Ruth, not like, no, make sure you squeeze no. in another tagline game at the end of every podcast? <laughs> Surely that's another tip. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's on three then. How about this one? Elip, taste the rain- rainbow. Oh, that's a Skittles one. 
<laughs> the giraffe in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, correct. What about take a break, listen to Elip? <laughs> is that a Kit Kat? Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, Ruth. Okay, so I'll go for one that I don't know. Probably the best podcast in the world. <laughs> is it not Elip? Probably the best Elip podcast in the world. <laughs> that is the best pod. Well, it's debatable. Carlsberg. Carlsberg. There we go. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, so um, that concludes that podcast. Cheers and cheerio. Thank you.